ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. And thank you for subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. (laughs) On this podcast, what we're going to talk about is winners. Now, if you're like me and you think highly of yourself, you consider yourself to be a winner. Like you've heard the expression, everybody loves a winner. Well, that is very true. And ultimately, if you are a winner, you want to be associated with winners. Um, And I said all that to say this, this podcast is about sports, but then again, it's not about sports. Just ride with me for a second, right? All right. So as many of you know, I live in the city of Atlanta. Uh, I've lived here since 1997. I've lived here longer than I've lived anywhere else in my life, right? I'm originally from Florence, South Carolina. Went to school in South Carolina, went to college at South Carolina State. Once I graduated, I moved here to Atlanta. Um, The thing that I can say about Atlanta is that Atlanta has won. Like Atlanta, when I say one, like when you think of music, when you think of entertainment, when you think of just a cool ass city to hang out in and party in, um, if you enjoy (laughs) uh, the adult life, uh, if you enjoy the shoe show, uh, Atlanta, I would venture to say is probably the capital of the United States when it comes to that. But, you know, Atlanta has won. And I mean, like, again, when you think about its influences and and just over the last 15, 20 years, Atlanta has won. Um, But Atlanta hasn't won when it comes to sports. Uh, I don't listen to sports talk radio, but uh, (laughs) anymore, I should say. Uh, But years ago, when I used to listen to sports talk radio, there was a guy who was fan. I'm assuming that he's still here. He was, you know, up there in age, but great guy. Nonetheless, uh, a caller who used to call into the local sports radio, radio shows. And his name was Mel from Southwest Atlanta. (laughs) And Mel from Southwest Atlanta had to be like one of the funniest people you would ever want to hear. But you know what, Ruru? Mm-hmm. You know, listening to, to him this morning talk about the Falcons too. I'm a, you know what? This is what I believe. I believe the Falcons gonna win all three of these games. They're gonna beat beat Jacksonville tonight. They're gonna beat Tampa Bay, and plus they gonna beat they gonna beat beat New Orleans. They're gonna beat the Saints. I don't know when you keep saying the Falcons gonna win two out of three. I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think the Saints have said that uh, they don't show me nothing. And, I, you know, I get, like I said, I, I believe they're going to win all three games. Because, you know, he don't never want to wage, uh, wage nothing with, with me because he, he, he's scared. That's why, that's why I call him a fruitcake. Nuts. Mel, what are you, Mel, what are you doing for the holidays? I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> uh, all right, sounds good. Now, that was a clip from Mel. Um, 
for those of you listening on the audio platform, if you listen on a YouTube, then you can't hear what he just said. But anyway, um, but Mel famously called into one of the local stations one day and said, and I quote, we need some winners in this city, not no losers. <laughs> Close quote. <laughs> and when you couple what he said with his voice that you just heard, um, it makes me laugh just to hear. I wish I could find that audio clip, but I I couldn't find it. Um, but yeah, Mel was right. We need some winners in this city. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably saying, hey, Kyle, didn't the Braves just win like the World Series? Um, they did. You know, at the time of this recording, the Braves just won the, you know, World Series or whatever um, in 2021. However, it doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. And I'll tell you why the Braves championship doesn't count. For one, the Braves don't play in Atlanta. Uh, the Braves um, used to play in Atlanta and one day they decided to move their stadium and all of their operations from the heart of the city to move to uh, Cobb County uh, which is like northwest of the city. The, the stadium actually sits if you're familiar with Atlanta the stadium sits right in Marietta, which is a northwest suburb. Um, Atlanta, you know, pretty black city. Uh, Marietta, Cobb County, not so much. <laughs> and when the Braves decided to move uh, their operations, um, they said, and I quote, it was to be closer to their fan base. Close quote. Now, the Braves, yeah, they do have a lot of fans that live in the north suburbs of Sandy Springs and Marietta and Roswell and Dunwoody and Alpharetta. <laughs> Long story short, the Braves want to be close to the white folks. And I get why they would want to be close to the white folks, but you don't play in the city and then say, okay, hey, we're we just going to move. Because again, this came out of nowhere. Like there literally was no type of referendum or anything. You know, normally this kind of stuff gets publicized uh, weeks or months or years in advance. And then they say, hey, we're moving. But there was a city council vote on, you know, stadium and everything like that. And not one mention was, about the Braves moving and then the Braves just up and moved. <laughs> and so, nah, it, that doesn't count. Um, I, I will say this much. I find it interesting that, you know, they did that and then they won, obviously. And I mean, congrats to the Braves. I'm not, I, I, my fandom uh, doesn't include the Braves. Uh, I'm not a Braves fan, never been a Braves fan. Um, Full disclosure, I am a Yankees fan. <laughs> Grew up with Yankees fans. So that's my squad. So I actually, um, this past baseball season, got a chance to see the Yankees when they came to town to play against the Braves, and we whipped them. 
that I had a ball. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, uh, you know, so it it doesn't count. Um, and another reason, again, what was interesting was seeing all of these Braves fans, particularly the black Braves fans. And I and trust me, I know a lot of black Braves fans. Um, my boy, shout out to my boy Ryan. Ryan, Ryan's been a Braves fan since we were like seven. <laughs> so uh Ryan grew up across the street from me in Florence and he lives here in Atlanta. And you know, Ryan goes to games. He's been going to games for years. Um and I, I remember even some years back, I remember one specific year, uh, I got tickets. Um, somebody from my office had tickets and they couldn't go. And it was a divisional playoff game against the San Francisco Giants. And what happened was, uh, this is when the Giants had the great Barry Bonds. And so I went to the game and I remember people saying, well, oh, we're not going to the divisional game. We'll just wait for the World Series. <laughs> I mean, there literally were fans that did not go to the Braves home playoff game in the divisional round because they were just waiting for the Braves to get to the World Series. And they didn't make it. <laughs> but I was amazed. And I had great seats sitting right behind home plate and everything. And the game wasn't sold out. So, you know, Braves fans, you know, have been really, really spoiled. They had all of these years of, you know, divisional titles and, um and whatnot but you know up until last year just one world series and now they have two unlike my yankees <laughs> but that's another story of another day nonetheless what i found interesting was seeing all of this love from these quote-unquote braves fans and i'll be honest and if you follow sports or you even if you don't follow sports because i'm sure some of you you know don't follow sports if you see someone that says that they are Braves fan, ask them to name five Braves. Then wait. They probably can't. <laughs> and I know I saw I saw mad black people, mad white people, um, you know, that was at the parade and, you know, going to the games and stuff. And they can't name five. Can't name five, five Braves players. Listen. I actually watch baseball and I could barely name five Braves. In fact, I don't know if I can. I, I'm, I'm being honest. And I watch baseball. Well, I watch the Yankees. I don't particularly care for the other teams. Um, but nah, I, it, relax. There are a lot of Braves fans that really aren't Braves fans. They really kind of jumped on the bandwagon and the wave of the Braves as they made this run to the title. And, hey, no shade. No shade to the break. Hey, congrats. But going back to what Mel said, we need some winners in this city. Um, So the Braves don't count. Um, Who else? Who else? Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. They recently won the you know national title in college football. They don't count. Because the University of Georgia is in Athens. Athens is about I don't know 45 maybe 50 miles away from the city of atlanta it's very close but in a lot of obviously georgia has a lot of um you know alumni here and you know a lot of people go to the games and stuff like that and, and it's the state's team if you will but nah <laughs> it it didn't belong to atlanta 
it's the Georgia Bulldogs. Again, the school is located in Athens, Georgia. It's not located downtown like Georgia Tech. Now, if Georgia Tech had won, then okay, I guess you can give it credit to, you know, Atlanta, but nah, Georgia Tech ain't winning nothing in no sports, no time soon. So, um, yeah, Georgia Bulldogs don't count. Um, then we talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Now, the Atlanta Hawks is my favorite basketball team. Watch them every night, uh, go to the game from time to time. Um, and, you know, I, I told myself once I moved. Now, full disclosure, I didn't grow up a Hawks fan. <laughs> I mean, because who would do that? <laughs> uh, grew up a Chicago Bulls fan, fan of the great GOAT, Michael Jordan. Um, and, you know, so but when I moved here, I said, you know what? I'm going to, you know, support this local team. And, you know, I got behind the team. uh at one point in time, when my wife used to work for CNN, uh, we got free tickets, <laughs> so I would go to the, I would go to the games often, like at least uh, you know ten to fifteen games a year. Um, and I take our sons, and we just have a ball. Um, but uh, you know, the Hawks, they've been okay. You know, they've had years where they've made it to the. Eastern Conference Finals, like, you know, last year and, you know, previous years when they ran into that buzzsaw uh, called the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, when they had LeBron James on the team. But, um, you know, the Hawks are, you know, at the time of this recording, we're not having a good season. I, I will venture to say that we're probably not going to make the finals this year. And, and I, I'm recording this in January and uh, I, I know it's a long time between now and, you know, June, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Yeah, the Hawks may make the playoffs, but they're not going to make the finals. <laughs> We're not the best team in the league. Um, But, you know, we need some winners in this city, man. I, I like the team. It's a young team. Um, They surprised a lot of people last year, but. The reality is the Hawks are probably another superstar away from, you know, being a contender. So when is it that the Hawks are going to win a title? God willing, it'll be sometime in this century. Um, But we do need some winners in this city. man. We need some winners. I mean, I, I would love to see the Hawks win. Um, You know, the Hawks aren't trying to move to where the white folks are um <laughs> but you know the hawks are um and and they embrace everybody the hawks embrace all kind of cultures they embrace black people they embrace the white folks they embrace the the, the queer and trans community um and they have uh, gay pride night which i think is really really dope um you know, so it, it's only they embrace women, they embrace uh, HBCUs, which, you know, of course, I am a, a proud alum of uh, historically black colleges and universities. Um, so, yeah, you know, it, it's pretty diverse. The crowds are pretty diverse. Um, and it's a real income, a real welcoming atmosphere when you go to Hawks games. Uh, but we need to win. <laughs> we need some winners in this city. man, And I think like maybe there is a generational talent of 
a young man or maybe young men who will lead the Hawks to the championship. The problem is those kids are probably in the first grade right now. But there's hope. There's hope because I must remind you, NBA fans, that, you know, teams like the Golden State Warriors and the Cleveland Cavaliers, before they had players like Stephen Curry and LeBron James, respectively, they sucked. (laughs) Man, listen, the Cavs sucked all my life. All my life. And the Warriors, hey, they weren't much better. They had a couple of good years here and there, but man, the Cavs were trash, you know, but, you know, they get LeBron James and, you know, they win a title. So it can happen. It can happen. Um, I, I just, I'd like to see a title for, you know, the Hawks um, soon, sooner than later. <laughs> uh, and then there are the Falcons. Um, Mel from Southwest Atlanta, when he said we need some winners in the city, he was really talking about the Falcons. Uh, the Falcons, what can I say about the Falcons? They are a piece of work, to say the least. Now, I support the Falcons. I will tell you this. Here's how my fandom works. Okay, I grew up as a New York Giants fan. So I'm a Giants fan, right? Um, Giants fan because my uncle played for the New York Giants for 13 years. He's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. His name is Harry Carson. That's my guy. So I grew up in South Carolina rooting for the Giants. Didn't care about the Falcons. Came to Atlanta a couple of times as a kid to see my uncle play against uh, the Falcons when the Falcons were playing at Fulton County Stadium outside. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But so when I moved here, I said, you know what? I'm going to support this team locally. Now, again, still a Giants fan, but I'm going to root for the Falcons as well. But here again, when the Giants play the Falcons, I root for the Giants, right? So, but I want to see the Falcons win, right? So I remember like the first year that I got here, man, one of my homeboys, he worked down at the at the then Georgia Dome and he would just give me sideline passes. And this was, <laughs> this was a dope time because I could just literally just, walk into the stadium with a sideline pass like I was uh, Peter King or somebody and nobody would say nothing and I remember going to the press box and all kinds of stuff so anyway make long story short uh, I saw the Falcons um, you know (laughs) make it to the Super Bowl (laughs) Um, they made it to the Super Bowl one year and in typical Falcon fashion They were playing against the Denver Broncos in Miami. And they had a great season, right? They get to Miami, and the night before the game, um, the Falcons start in safety. Eugene Robinson, he is named the NFL Man of the Year. He goes to an award show, gets his award. And later that night, Eugene Robinson ventures outside of his hotel, goes down the street, pulls up to a woman of the evening, (laughs) asks for some sloppy toppy, and she gets in the car, blah, 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 and subsequently gets arrested for soliciting a prostitute. 
on the night before the biggest game of your life could only happen to a Falcon. Man, listen. Um, and subsequently, he went out and played a terrible game, and the Falcons got their doors blown off by the Denver Broncos. You know, I, I've seen highs and lows with this team. The highs have been high, and the lows have been so low. I've seen them draft one of the most electrifying players I've ever seen play football. The, with the number one draft pick, the Falcons drafted a guy out of Virginia Tech at quarterback by the name of Michael Vick. Now, I'll be honest. The Michael Vick experience, man, and, and I was a season ticket holder at the time. Still, like I said, rooting for the Giants and the Falcons, but the Giants and the Falcons rarely played each other, so I didn't have to worry about that. But, man, listen, going to those Falcons games when Michael Vick was the quarterback, man, it was like, it was, I mean, like there literally would be parties outside before the game. Like people would come tailgate at seven o'clock in the morning, loud music, DJs, women dressed like they're going to the club, fellas dressed like they're, like they're about to win championship. I mean, like it was a, it was a big ass party before the game, after the Falcons would win. I mean, Mike Vick had the city on fire. They won games, you know, they went to the playoffs and, it was a Michael Vick experience. He was the most exciting player in the league. And what made it even more special is that uh, Mike Vick was, you know, the best player on the team. He was most of the time the best player on the field. And it's rare when the best player on the field touches the ball every single play. But that was Mike Vick. I mean, like when he dropped back the pass, you didn't know if he was going to throw it for 70 yards or you didn't know if he was going to run for 70 yards. It was just exciting to see. And then. Mike Vick caught a case for fighting dogs. <laughs> Can't make this shit up, man. Fighting Sparkies, Michael Vick does two years in the bin. And Atlanta's disgraced. And it's like, oh, my God. And, and honestly, Mike Vick's conviction of dog fighting literally divided the city especially among sports fans, because there was an element of black sports fans who, you know, I'm not going to say look the other way, but they were just like, it's dogs. Some, I don't want to say all black fans, sports fans. And I was listening to sports talk radio at the time. So, I mean, like it was literally down racial lines, you know, white people, white folks that used to call the radio stations, they were upset because, you know, some of them, when they walked in their houses, you know, little Sparky's at the table you know, or he's at the foot of their bed and they couldn't imagine someone, you know, doing some of the vicious and vile things that Michael Vick and his crew did to those dogs. And I'm, you know, I, I was a dog owner growing up as well. So, I mean, like I, I, I said from the beginning, if he had, if he did the things that he was accused of, then he should have been punished to the fullest of snit of the law. And he was, um, some people thought the punishment was too harsh because, you could go to jail for killing somebody and do less time or shooting somebody and doing less time than what Michael Vick did. But that's another story for another day. But nonetheless, I mean, he got the time that they said he was going to get. So I think if Vick had been honest and upfront, you know, he might've gotten slapped on the wrist, but he lied and he lied and he lied and then his boys turned on him. And again, you know, to Mel's credit, we were losing. I mean, your star quarterback 
is on the nat is the lead story on national news going to jail to Leavenworth for prison for fighting dogs. And he's got a hundred million dollar contract and he's fighting dogs for a couple of grand here and there. It makes no sense. But that was a wild time in the city. I, I can't lie. It was a wild time. And then, you know, the Falcons drafted a kid out of Boston College, a guy by the name of Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was the opposite of Mike Vick. He was a white dude. You know, he looked like a banker, a squeaky clean image. And he came in and helped remove the stench off of Mike Vick and what he left at his city. And, and I mean, like I said, the Falcons just, they they suck. You know what I mean? When, when Vick went to jail, uh, oh, they had a coach. <laughs> they had a coach. <laughs> a rat fink coach by the name of Bobby Petrino, who actually was coaching and quit coaching the team in the middle of the season. They had a game on Monday night. Bobby Petrino left notes in people's locker. Hey, I ain't coming to work tomorrow. I'm not coming back ever. Tell your mama I said goodbye. (laughs) He left to go to coach at, what was it, Louisville? Um, so that happened. And I mean, like I said, the Falcons just, you know, they, they were perennial losers after that. And then Matt Ryan comes and I remember Matt Ryan's first game, the first pass he threw was a t- like a 65 yard touchdown. So people were like, oh my gosh, this guy, Matt Ryan, he's great. And you know, it, the Falcons had some success. And then I think it was what 2016, the Falcon, Matt Ryan wins the MVP. The Falcons have this great season and they go to the Super Bowl to face Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. Uh I before that's the night before that Super Bowl came into my little office right in here my, my library and I recorded a podcast. And on that podcast I talked about, you know, what it would mean to the city, you know, if the Falcons or when the Falcons won. Um I was speaking as if the Falcons had already won, right? And I claimed victory before the, you know, the Falcons won. And then I, I just, you know, just said what it meant to the city. Because I really wanted to see the city be happy after all the Vic stuff, after all of the, you know, years of losing and sucking and being the butt of jokes. And so I'm doing that and I save it, right? I don't, obviously I don't put it out because I was going to put it out after the game. And honestly, that podcast is somewhere on my hard drive. I I haven't looked for it, but I know it's here. I never deleted it, but it's in a folder somewhere on this hard drive. I I would be interesting. I would be interested to hear what I said because I don't remember all of what I said. But anyway, um, I'll spare you the details. The Falcons (laughs) in the Super Bowl had a 25 point lead in the third quarter and blew the lead they went lemon booty and i mean the most lemon of lemon booty and matt ryan uh the offensive coordinator kyle shanahan uh, the head coach dan quinn are all to blame and so patriots come back they win the game in overtime and the legend i mean tom brady was already a legend but i mean like (laughs) this just propelled him to you know stratosphere unknown um and i'll be honest i when i was watching that game i kept telling my sons like it's not over 
I mean, like they were jumping around happy, you know, wanting to see the Falcons. And I was like, this is good, but it's not over. And I learned just from playing football myself, like you have to finish the game. Like there's a reason why you play 60 minutes and the Falcons just didn't. They just didn't. And in a word, they choked. <laughs> they choked. And so obviously, you know, Falcons fans were disappointed. The city was disappointed. Um, you know, the Falcons let Nas down. <laughs> I mean, like, it was bad. And I'll be honest, I've never seen any of that game. Like I saw the game, but like I've never seen a highlight, never sat and watched Sports Center. I mean, like I literally, when that game ended, I literally walked to the TV, turned it off because I was disgusted. And But I also realized, like, you know, I'm taking this a little bit too serious. Like, I'm not employed by the Falcons. <laughs> I'm not employed by the Giants either. But, you know, I've seen the Giants win Super Bowls. I went to Super Bowl 21 in Pasadena to watch my uncle uh, and the Giants beat the Denver Broncos. Um, actually blew them out. Um, so I I've seen that I've celebrated, you know, with the giants and I've seen what that looks like. I've seen Eli Manning win two super bowls over the new England Patriots. Um, but I wanted to do that for the Falcons. I wanted that for my city because I've been here long enough. And, and I think, you know, to Mel's point, we do need some winners in the city. And honestly, the Falcons haven't been that close to even being successful again since then. I mean, yeah, they went to the playoffs a couple more times, but hey, they weren't good enough to win it. And to be honest, I don't even know if they were good enough to win it then, because you, you have to, you have to finish the game. But um, you know, what's funny is like obviously the Falcons became the butt of everybody's jokes. But you want to know who has the funniest jokes about the Falcons blowing that lead, the twenty-five point lead, a twenty-eight-three, whatever numbers you want to combine. You know who has the best jokes? Falcons fans. Because <laughs> they've heard them all. There's not one joke that a Falcons fan has not heard about that, you know, collapse. Um, but, yeah, Mel's right. We need some winners in this city. And, I mean, like, I don't know what it's going to take for the Falcons to get back to that point. Um, I still support the Falcons. Uh, but the only reason why I still support the Falcons is because one of my best friends coaches with the Falcons. He's the head strength coach there. His name is Thomas Stallworth. Um, if Stall wasn't there, I wouldn't be watching the Falcons. <laughs> I mean, the Giants aren't much better, but, you know, I, I, I'm about done with the Falcons. But, you know, my boy's there, and I'm super supportive of him. Went to a couple of games this year, and – um yeah, you know, it, it, it was actually, no, we went to one game. We went to one game, the first game against the Eagles. Um, yeah, but we need some winners in the city. So I, as long as my boy's there, I'm going to support him. But, like, if he went and, <laughs> if he went and got a job, like, with, I don't know, um, Kansas City or, you know, Seattle, uh, I'd probably stop watching the Falcons. <laughs> But uh, Mel's right, man. We need some winners in the city. I mean, ultimately, much like the Hawks, you know, well, I think I want to see the Falcons win more than I want to see the Hawks win because the Falcons were so close. And I know some people who are 
diehard Falcons fans. I mean, like they live and breathe with the Falcons. I'm not that serious. Um, because again, they don't employ me. Um, you know, I, I <laughs> and I'm not <laughs> like my man Bomani Jones said. I, I he Bomani grew up a, a Falcons fan. He said he was off that narcotic. Uh, you know, I'm prior to my boy coming back, coming here, I I was about off that narcotic. Uh, but I, I'm back on the Falcons wagon. Um, you know, other than when they play the Giants. Um, and I want to see them do well. I want I thought they had a decent season this year, but you know, all things considered with a new coach, new staff. But um, yeah, you know, I I want to see some winners in the city, man. I, I would like to see a ticker tape parade for the Falcons, a ticker tape parade for the Hawks down Peachtree Street. You know, I want to see that before I check out of here. And I, I don't plan on checking out of here no time soon. But um Mel's right. We need some winners in the city. You know, so the question is, what are the Hawks? What are the Falcons going to do? Because, again, the Braves don't count. I mean, like, again, I would I will implore you, if you know someone that's a Braves fan, ask them to name five Braves players without looking it up. I promise you they probably can. <laughs> um, but, yeah, man, I, I'm with I'm with you, Mel. And, and I hope Mel is listening to this podcast. Uh, Mel from Southwest Atlanta. Um, we definitely need some winners in this city. Uh, hopefully, it won't take forever to happen. Uh, but if it does, you know, these Falcons fans and these Hawks fans will be around to see it. That's for sure. That's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out this edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. The podcast drops every Thursday at midnight. Uh, from time to time this year, we will be dropping bonus episodes on Sundays at midnight. Also, check out the YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash, spell it out, T-W-E-L-V-E-K-Y-L-E. Uh, that's the YouTube channel as well. Again, I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. 5,000.